My name is Max Feldman and I'm 17 years old. I believe the best way to save our planet is educating the next generation. This is my story. Seeing the looks on their faces when they're like, what do you mean? You're 17, like, how are you doing this? I'm like, I can get it done. Watch me do it. Hey, I'm Danny Washington, and welcome to The Genius Generation, the podcast about young people who are changing our world in big ways. This week, my guest is Max Feldman, who founded an organization called The Tomorrow Project. Max's organization educates elementary school kids about the different environmental issues facing our planet with the goal of making sustainability second nature, as it should be to all of us. Max, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. We're happy to have you. So tell me, what is the Tomorrow Project? The Tomorrow Project is a youth environmental education nonprofit. And so I know that's a lot of words. So what we do is prior to the COVID pandemic, we would go into elementary schools with kids ranging from kindergarten to about fifth grade. And we would lead hands-on interactive workshops to get them familiar with sustainability, as well as how the actions that they take in their daily lives have an impact on the environment around them. Nice. I ask this question to a lot of people these days, especially because the word sustainability is definitely a buzzword. For sure. What does sustainability mean to you? So to me, sustainability is all about being conscious about the actions that we take and how every little thing that we do in our daily lives and the things that we use, the waste that we generate, the resources we consume, all of that has an impact on the world around us that we don't necessarily see. Being someone who lives in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest, the environment around me here is really beautiful. I don't see a whole lot of the effects that things like climate change and pollution are having on the world around me. To me, when I say sustainability, I'm really just talking about learning more about how the environment works and how humans, when they're consuming resources, how that all gets shoved back into the planet and how we can do our part to make sure that whatever we're using or what we're doing is still keeping the planet in mind and making sure we're not degrading our resources beyond what we should be. So describe the problem that you're trying to solve and how does the Tomorrow Project solve that problem? We noticed originally when we kicked off this program that there was a lack of environmental education that was going on, specifically and especially in elementary schools. There's no like state-required curriculum or standard in terms of how environmental education or sustainability is taught in these schools. And that was a hole that we identified that we wanted to fill with this project. And so we thought, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for high schoolers, kids that are a little bit younger than teachers, for some of that peer-to-peer -peer education, to go in and work with these elementary schoolers and make it exciting for them, make it fun, show them that caring for the planet doesn't have to be super difficult, that we can make choices that are benefiting the planet. So we decided that we would put together some workshops and proposals for activities that we could do with these kids and just take them into the schools and see how far that would take us. And being able to see the kids model water pollution and use our workshop that we've created to learn about the environment and bridge some of that gap that exists where they weren't getting that in the standard curriculum was really inspiring for me. Yeah, I think what I love about your project is that it's for students by students. Yes. So you all are in high school and college, not that far off. You were in elementary school just a few years ago. Yeah. And now you're going back to, to pay it forward and to teach these younger kids about sustainability, which I think is absolutely awesome. So let's go back to when you were an elementary student. Is that when you first became interested in science or sustainability? 
I remember back in elementary school, we would do, uh, I feel like these are classic elementary school examples in our area with releasing the salmon and watching them grow up in the tank and going out into the watersheds behind the school and doing little nature hikes. I don't think my interest for actually learning more about this topic and sharing it with other people came until we started putting this project together. And for me, that was back in 10th grade. So I was in high school at that point. I was enrolled in a seminar at my school called Taking Action, Social Justice and Citizenship in the 21st Century, where we were just supposed to identify a gap or a hole that we saw in our community and put together a proposal for a program we wanted to create to solve that. We put together this rough idea for environmental education, and then the seminar ended. It was a quick six-week thing, but this really quickly became a passion project of ours. So we decided, hey, we've got this great idea for environmental education. Why don't we give it a try? So we just contacted a ton of elementary schools in our area and got our program rolling that way. Yeah, it's important to get that ethos implemented early on so that it's not such a difficult thing to switch over and to change behavior, which is really, I think, what you're addressing, which is awesome. Yeah. So walk me through the workshops. What is the experience like for a young person, an elementary student who goes through the Tomorrow Project program? I'll start with the example of the in-person workshop that we gave in that fourth grade classroom. So when we came into the classroom, we had about an hour in the class and it was a class of about 30 fourth grade students. And the two pieces that we really want to make sure we incorporate in each of our workshops are that educational component. So starting off with a PowerPoint, give an introduction about the climate, the local area, what it looks like when we don't take care of our waste properly versus what the world looks like when, when we do and how much prettier the landscapes can be when they're protected. And then we move into a hands-on piece where they can actually interact with some materials. And so in that situation, we told a story. And every time they heard a certain part of the story that would correspond with a piece of waste that they had at their desk, they would dump that into the lake, which was a tub of water. And so as the story went on and they heard about the people on the beach that were having a summer cookout or people washing their cars in their driveway with all the soap runoff, they could see all of that getting pushed into the water and how it slowly and slowly became more brown and gross looking. And so giving them that visual and that physical component to be able to model what happens in the environment when we make these decisions in the workshop gives that hands-on component and also shows that, hey, these actions that I take in my daily life actually do have a big impact on the environment. Totally. Yeah, I think visualizing it really helps young people understand the systems and how they're all interconnected. And what about your online activities? Can you walk us through that too? Once the pandemic hit back last spring, it took us quite a while to adapt and figure out how we could still get educational resources out there. So our first big one that we developed are modules, and these are week-long activities that are up on our website. They're activities that gets kids outside and learning about the resources that are in their neighborhoods or in their own backyards without having to have that, that teacher or high school student working with them so that they can still access those resources on their own. And then the other thing that we've started doing is community workshops over Zoom. And so, of course, it's a little bit more difficult to do the hands-on piece while we're on Zoom. Uh, we have to make sure everyone has access to the resources and we pick activities that um, are equitable in the sense that everyone can get the resources that we use pretty easily around them. And actually over the summer, we had a really successful workshop where we took old t-shirts and turned them into reusable shopping bags. And so being on Zoom has definitely been difficult. It cuts out a really, one of my favorite parts of being able to be in the classrooms with the elementary students and working with them there. But we've still worked hard to make sure that we can continue to provide our, our content through Zoom and through online methods. Awesome. All right, let's talk a little bit about impact and your reach. We operate in nine cities across the United States, and we actually have one going in India as well. We've got about 130 volunteers now. 
And so my role has transitioned a little bit into now managing a lot more people that are doing the work. And I miss being able to be one-on-one with the kids and being able to do some of that teaching work myself. And just to be clear, all of the volunteers that you're talking about are high school or college-age students. We even have a couple that have started in middle school. But yeah, as of now, we're completely high school and freshman and college run, all youth. Have you had any setbacks or things that you've had to work through? There have been countless times at different stages of the project where I've just been like, this is too much for me to keep doing. There's too many people here. I can't manage all of this at once. But our goal for ourselves back when I was in 10th grade and we started this was to get to the point where if we stopped doing the project, somebody else would notice. And I think once we got our first workshop done and once we had hired a couple other volunteers, we'd gotten to the point where it's like, we can't give up on this now because other people are going to wonder where it went. And so I think having that in the back of my head, if the Tomorrow Project stops existing, then there's not going to be this environmental education that's brought into elementary school classrooms. And so having that in the back of my head as I was really struggling to get through some of the tougher moments of my work at the Tomorrow Project has really kept me going. Oh yeah, no pressure. Exactly. That's amazing (laughs) to have accomplished that. Seriously. Can you tell me a couple of examples of who's been affected? Maybe some feedback that you've received about the Tomorrow Project? Yeah. Mostly it's been really positive feedback so far, which has been awesome. Our team that develops our curriculum, they're all high schoolers. And so getting emails from parents, we actually just got one last week. They sent in pictures of the kids with the certificates and she just gave really high praise for how it was designed. It's the little things like that that just pushed me to keep doing this type of work. Having those small milestone moments where someone gives you praise for the hard work that you've put into it shows that you're having an impact on these kids and that they're gonna take that with them into the future. Those emails really go a long way for us and it means a lot right now. Totally. So what are your future goals for the Tomorrow Project and how do you hope to accomplish them? The Tomorrow Project is in a bit of an interesting transition phase now that some of the members of our leadership team are already in college and then I'm a senior myself this year so I'm going off to college in the fall. And so we're trying to talk a lot right now about how we can continue momentum of the Tomorrow Project while taking these new steps in our life. So looking at potentially having a board of directors that I could be a part of to continue doing advisory roles and strategy for the organization while also leaving a lot of the leadership in the hands of high school students to preserve that peer-to-peer education aspect of it. Fantastic. All right. So when someone says to you, you're too young to do that, how do you respond? Yeah, I get this a lot, especially being in high school where the leadership of the organization is all like 18 to 20 year olds. Like we don't even have adults in our organization who can be those older (laughs) figures to make those decisions. I do get this question a lot. And I think one of the most exciting things for me when someone says that to me is just proving them wrong. You know what? Yeah, I am young, but I can get this done. Watch me do it. And just having seeing the looks on their faces when they're like, what do you mean? You're 17. Like, <laughs> how are you doing this? I'm like, I can get it done. I've got the drive to do this. I'm going to use the resources I have available to me, and I'm going to make sure that I get this done. At the beginning, it hurt a little bit when I kept hearing people say, you're too young. This, you don't have the power to be able to make these changes in life. But now it's fun. I love it when I get that. <laughs> yeah, you use it as fuel to the fire. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate all of your eloquent answers, Max, and I also appreciate the work you're doing in the world. This is such an important topic when it comes to sustainability because this is literally how we're going to be able to maintain humanity on this planet. We have to take it into consideration, and you're investing your time and energy into the next generation of leaders. And so just want to say thank you for that. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Genius Generation. If you want to learn more about The Tomorrow Project or maybe even start your own chapter, 
go to tomorrowprojectus.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and subscribe. The Genius Generation is a podcast created by Seeker and Tracks. The show is hosted by me, Danny Washington. Emily Feld and Eben Hall are our producers. Caroline Roff, Brian C. Magala, and Matt Morales are Seeker producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Pappas. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner, Michelle Smalley, and Brian Pendergast. Our PA is Navani Otero. Thanks for listening. Funding for the Genius Generation comes from the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations, investing in our common future. How do we create change that lasts? True transformation happens by changing the system, not just the situation. It's a bit like the difference between saving a tree and creating a new sustainable way of doing forestry. Ashoka is a global community of thousands of changemakers who are committed to making systemic change and empowering others to do the same. We get it. Changing systems sounds intimidating, but there's nothing to fear. Join Ashoka for a three-part learning journey to uncover issues you care about, identify the root causes, and start building a solution. Learn more by visiting changemaking.net or check out the link in the show notes. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.